theme song means it is once again time to promo the Geek Wolf Pack podcast. I'm your Papa Wolf, Nick Kelly. And I'm your Mama Wolf, Stacia Kelly. And I'm Thermal Wolf, Brandon Kelly. Here on the podcast, we're just a couple of generations geeking out and sharing what we think we think. We'll share the latest nerd news and sci-fi happenings. Looking for life hacks? I'll tell you if there's an app for that. And I'll give you the latest from a gamer's point of view. Plus, every episode includes some of what we like to call ADHD D&D. I'm a healer, and I killed a dragon. Spoilers. <laughs> so join us here at the Geek Wolfpack Podcast. Join us on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, or wherever you find your podcasts, or simply at geekwolfpackpodcast.com. And as always, geek out. I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek Podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 104 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I'm rejoined by Ray Vargas, so we can talk about some of our favorite things this year. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing good. Glad to be back. It's always fun, always yeah. enjoyable, and especially around this time of year because we haven't seen each other in forever. So yeah, that's at least true. we get to <laughs> at least we get to talk over the interwebs. Yep. So how's it been? Uh, what's your What's your week been like? I think you've you've joined us on vacation. Yes, yes. Thankfully, I am officially on vacation. Although somehow I feel like I get busier on vacation than uh-huh. I do during like the regular humdrum, you know, like work season or whatever. Um, so yeah, I've been running around, but I have been doing a lot of Netflixing. Very cool. What are, what are you Netflixing? <laughs> um, so we dove back into the walking dead. Um, there's something I've been, I was actually interested in talking to you about today because, um, geez, the walking dead is a downer. <laughs> we've honestly, we've stopped watching it. Like we I, didn't watch the season and we're not watching this season i was just you know we we did a few episodes yesterday and i swear in the middle of it i thought i am officially on joe's on on joe's side now where this is just really brutal to get through. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean there's there's so much other bad stuff going on in the world it's like i don't i don't need to see this yeah, <laughs> that's you know, kind of where i'm at we're trying to figure it out because we're, we're watching the office we're watching um you know, I'm watching The Flash, which I love. I'm still catching up with that show. I'm almost almost all caught up. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then with you know talking all the Star Wars stuff and and all the Marvel stuff that's ongoing, I started to wonder maybe it's just the juxtaposition, you know, to go from that to say, okay, I'm gonna dive back into you know season five or whatever of The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. and after a couple of those episodes, just go, whoa, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, that's what this show is. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's not. I mean, at one point it was about not that I. I don't think that zombie horror in general is about zombies. I I get that, but I feel like it's so about not about the zombies anymore that it's. You know, yeah. like I don't want to see I don't want to see people being bad to each other because I can watch the news for that. <laughs> I think I think a uh, uh, couple episodes that I watched yesterday, two episodes in a row started with somebody sitting by themselves silently weeping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like that was the opening of each episode, and I'm just like, wow, okay, like <laughs> no let up here, you know. Um, so that's one geeky thing I've been doing this week. I also, as I mentioned already, have been watching The Flash. I think I'm caught up. I'm not sure if there, the, the, there's any newer episodes up, but I, I'm up to uh, where they deal with the um, spoilers here for anyone who's watching The Flash or catching up. Um, but up to where they figure out who Savitar is and um, and deal with that. So I think I think you are farther ahead than I am. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so that was really cool. So I won't spoil anything, but um, yeah, I love that show, it, and I'm excited. Uh, we're going to be talking today about you know looking for ahead, and I'm excited that they're adding new things to that slate. So, what about you, Joe? What have you been up to? Um, well, I've been doing a lot of wow. That's I've <laughs> I get into these bursts, and that's what I've been doing. But my problem is, is that I get. If I don't have direction in the game, I I just end up rolling a bunch of characters and not doing anything with them. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I need to I need to focus. I need to really settle down and decide what I am doing in WoW until the next expansion comes out. Because it takes a lot of time and I don't want it to be spinning my wheels doing stuff, leveling characters I'm never gonna use again. So I was like, <laughs> I'm I'm starting fresh on a brand new server. With no gold, no help, no anything, and I'm I'm going to be leveling two or three kind of simultaneously to do professions and see how much gold I can build up and how many characters I can build up between now and when it launches. And there's no launch date for the next expansions, but we're assuming sometime in 2018. Um, so what do you when you say you're spinning your wheels? What are you doing exactly? How are you spending your time? Well, like I'll 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 roll up a new character, so mm-hmm. I'll start at a level one, and I'll level through you know ten or fifteen um, levels, which takes a couple hours, okay. and then I'll be like, eh, that's not what I want to do, and then I'll go <laughs> and like there was one point where I was like, I don't know what server I want to play on, I don't know what I just, and I don't want to go to my main. Like my main, I'm just. Like, I love him, and he has been with me for a decade, but I just want to play him right now. Like, he's not, there's nothing new about him right now. It's like, I want to do something that doesn't have all this, like, baggage and history on him. So, it sounds like a relationship. It it is. It is. Like, I mean, I mean, when you think about it, I've been, I've been playing on, on this, I've been playing this game since I think 2008. And this character has, I've played on this character since 2008. So he, he's got, you know, I, I've done pretty much everything I can do with him. Like there's other than just going through current content, mm. it's just, there's nothing else to do. Yeah. And, and I don't feel like slogging through end game content right now. So, cause I, I enjoy leveling. I enjoy going through and, and going through the old areas. That's why I'm so looking forward to, um, 
them launching classic servers. Mm. But yeah, I just I don't I don't know what to do. But I've, I, I'm 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 playing a couple characters right now on a new server, and I'm kind of just saying I'm sticking with these two or three that I can kind of level up simultaneously so that they can support each other with their professions and stuff. But you obviously love being in the world. I mean, oh, like, yeah. So, so yeah. that's that's the draw. Like regardless of the character or or the server or whatever, you love being in in that game. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of what you want. That's <laughs> ultimately. Exactly. Exactly. So I picked a I picked a, a server that I knew there was some good uh, guilds that I'd be interested in joining when I got higher level and um and I picked a, a faction that I knew I would want to play in the new game and I'm perfectly fine not leveling my main uh, and switching to one of these new characters as my main I just want to see want to see where I get to yeah 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 wow yeah well, anything else that you managed to squeeze in through during the last week of school a little bit a little bit we finished season two of the crown I don't know if you've watched that at all no but I'm a lot of people are talking about it right now it's like it's really good. It is. I mean, and th- this is how sad our culture is, and I'm buying into it too. You're watching this basically reenactment of history around the Queen of England, and I feel like we're consuming it like it was Melrose Place. <laughs> like, like you have to remind yourself that there aren't people making this up. That this actually happened. <laughs> so you know it's it's a little bit weird because you're just sitting there going well, i can't believe that like i can't believe they did that and it's, there's no they <laughs> there's no they nobody wrote this in this this is what happened this is history oh i mean but they they dramatize it though right i mean it's not exactly what happened I'm no assuming. but i mean the the big but the big reveals and the big like, again reveals it's history this is not a reveal <laughs> oh i see what you're saying okay but the big reveals are are so like you have to go back like I go to Wikipedia and I'm like really did that really happen? <laughs> and it did. It like there was there was an episode this this season where um Jack Jackie Kennedy totally throws shade at the Queen and I'm like oh my god did this really happen? <laughs> like I've got I've got to look this up and see if this is a real deal. <laughs> that's great. Um, that's on Netflix, right? Um, yeah, that's on Netflix. There was that's some, on Netflix. There was some, some outcry because apparently I, one of the many, uh, uh, friends that I have that are talking about this show right now is that I guess the main actress is not coming back or something like that. No, because they're, they're transitioning into, um, her older years, not, not like her current age, but like kind of middle age. Yeah. And so they're changing actresses, oh, which okay. I, I can I can see why they're doing it and I'm interested to see, but, but yeah, it's a little disappointing because she's so good. That's kind of cool though, that they would even like as a storytelling device that they would do that, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's better than, than this woman who's young trying to play right different ages as they go. You know, this lets her concentrate on really being the character and not having to kind of put on yeah something that that's not authentic. Yeah. I can, you know, I could think of a few properties or whatever where it would have probably benefited had they just went with, you know, a younger or older actor or actress instead of crappy makeup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just takes you out of it, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. And and so, you know, I mean, the, the, the people who did this season, the last two seasons are so good. So I'm definitely going to miss seeing them. But now I'm kind of excited to see what else they do, because I will watch anything she's in at this point. Right, right. How do you feel about makeup in general? Like, does that throw you off when you see an actor that you whose face, you know, wearing some kind of like prosthetic or something? I, I'm thinking of um, like Nicole Kidman in the hours. Um, that didn't bother me. That didn't bother um, you. The one that that I that comes to my mind was um, uh, Thatcher when um, mm. what's her face played Margaret Thatcher uh, Meryl Streep Meryl Streep when Meryl yeah. Streep like I mean they did such a good job with it that I'm like at this stage in the game if you're not doing good makeup then you shouldn't be doing the movie. Like, <laughs> I just, I kind of feel like it's 2018. Like if they haven't figured out how to do good makeup, then, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, what about, I know a lot of people, it, it really bothered a lot of people uh, in um, Looper where Joseph Gordon Levitt uh, uh, had that prosthetic on the bridge of his nose to make it look more like a young Bruce Willis. Uh, I love that movie and I love mm-hmm. that choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I thought it looked great. I thought it looked fine. <laughs> so many people that I sh- I've shown that movie to were like, what? No. <laughs> what <is that? laughs> cool. So, yeah. And then the, the last thing that I've been doing this week is um, uh, California is in the middle of a new set of standardized testing. People are going to go, well, how in the hell is this geeky? But uh, <laughs> follow me on this one. Um, and our school does really well. We, our kids pass at least on the English side, which I'm, I'm part of, um, in the 90th percentile. So 90%, 92% of our kids are passing wow. each year. And, um, which is pretty high considering the state averages like in the twenties, which is sad, but, um, but there are four categories. There's reading, writing, research, and listening. And there's one category that we are constantly lower than all the others. Do you want knowing knowing your teenagers? Do you do you want to guess which one? Oh, uh, is it writing? Reading, writing, oh. research, and listening are the four categories. Oh, well, then that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's listening, and and <laughs> they don't listen, and. So I'm trying, I'm kind of been put in charge at my grade level of trying to build that skill, which I am ready to do because I am, I am kind of declaring war on students that do not listen because after the week I had where I had to repeat myself like 15 times with one direction, I'm like, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> that was a so, great post, by the way, from earlier uh, this week. <laughs> for people that don't follow you on Facebook. That was perfect. That was <laughs> the perfect written, uh, uh, presentation representation of what you must have been going through at the end. You were just, it, it was you know, so it was so frustrating the it's same my, question it's, over and over again just slightly differently worded yeah because and it's like and, I, and you know me i am not a quiet person so when i say the answer to these questions i'm saying them loud enough for the entire room to hear and uh, they're just not paying attention so anyway one of the things i'm doing to combat this because the way the test works is you listen to a passage and then you have to answer questions so i'm like all right well we have to get them practice doing this and so what I've been doing is I've been listening to This American Life and finding high profile, not high profile, but high interest segments that they do on This American Life and playing that and then asking questions. 
And it's kind of fun because I love this American life. And this is the second time I've tried to use it in the classroom. And the first time people are like, this is so boring. Why do we have to do this? But this time the kids are actually getting into it. If I'm picking the right ones, they're like, okay, this is cool. And they seem to be doing okay. So I am hoping um, that you know this will build up their listening skills. Wow. That's but awesome. over, yeah. But overall, it just gives me an excuse to listen to more of this American life. That's so. such a great way to approach this problem, though, you know, because you have to listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you don't, you're going to be lost. Um, that's so true though. Yeah. Like I, you know, I listen to this American life, uh, um, pretty regularly, um, and other podcasts as well as we've, we talked about in the past, but every now and then I have, and, and on some mornings more than others, I have to constantly rewind because I'm, I, I'm just, you know, my mind is wandering. Right. And I'm just not doing a good job of listening and re- and sometimes it's, you know, maybe a certain episode of this podcast or that one or whatever, you know, is not engaging me. I'm like, okay, you know, this is not my subject. I'll go to something else. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, we all have that thing, right? Where you're like, wait, what? I missed, uh, you know, <laughs> let me, let yeah, me go back yeah. because I missed that last one or whatnot. Yeah. So that's, that's what we've been working on. Like I, I, <laughs> people who are friends with me on Facebook are are probably tired of me complaining about my week, but I had just one of those weeks where I was done. The kids were done. Like we just kind of stared at each other angrily. Like that's just kind of where we were at. And so uh, the, the best thing that has happened this week is the fact that yesterday was my last day before the holidays and I don't have to go in for two weeks and I'm so happy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so happy. Nice. This has been a rough year. <laughs> um, is there, before we move on, is there a, um, a certain, type of subject that you find is working better with students than others? As far as uh, the life, the episode, I've only, I played one full one to, to, to get them, you know, introduced to the entire thing. And I played the mind games one, which talks about improv everywhere. Have I ever talked about improv everywhere with you? Okay. So it's the improv everywhere episode where they try and do these stunts to make people's lives spontaneous and exciting and, and just pissing people off. <laughs> um, and so, so they were really interested in that one though. They thought it was kind of sad. And then I just did one segment from one called, um, I want to say it was breakups and it was about this woman who decides to break up or she gets broken up with, with her boyfriend. And so she decides she's going to write a breakup song and, so she calls Phil Collins. She has a friend who knows Phil Collins and asks him advice on writing a breakup song. And so the kids, the kids kind of like that one. Oh yeah. That, yeah. I'm sure they're all over that one. Yeah. They could all empathize <laughs> with sitting in, you know, mourning your loss over, over the radio. <laughs> cool. Cool. Nicely done. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing We're we're starting Shakespeare and I'm trying to decide if, I'm going to play the, uh, they have a whole episode about using Shakespeare in prisons. Um, so I have to, I have to go listen and see if there's any trigger stuff in there. I should, uh, right. Worry about, but I think that might be the next one that we listen to. Nice. Yeah. All right. So anything else in your, your week? Is that kind of wrap us up for right now? Yeah, I think it does. Yeah. I have a lot of sleep. Um, (laughs) with my cat and a lot of Netflix, man. I mean, I, it's nice, but at the same time, you know, I don't want to, you know, that feeling when you're, you're, you're wrapping up the holidays and getting back to work and you feel like, Oh, I haven't worn pants in like 
(laughs) (laughs) Yes. They're so uncomfortable. Like, I don't want that. I I have that in mind. So I'm thinking, you know, we're going to try to get active somehow in the next week or so. But that's so far. That's, you know, that's it. You're you're a better person than I, sir, because I plan on (laughs) melting into my couch for 90% of this break. Like, I'm glad that Christmas is Monday because then I get it over with. Right. (laughs) Just see anybody for a week and a half. (laughs) Right. And there's plenty of, you know, media and stuff to consume out there. So, you know, we could easily do that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to go take a commercial break and then we'll come back and we're going to talk all about, um, you know, like our our top things from 2017 and our things that we're excited about in 2018. So we'll be back. Hey, everyone. I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And we're the hosts of the podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture. We try to have a female perspective on things, but we really just talk about anything we like. What are some recent topics we've done, Katie? Uh, Well, we've talked about girl power songs, Wonder Woman, Veronica Mars, young adult fiction novels, San Diego Comic Con, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and start listening today. Comics. Hey everyone, this is Rob, your friendly neighborhood comic geek. And this is Liam, the the languishing, lascivious Liam of Langley. Wow, that was extremely illiterate of you. Well, I try. We are the hosts of The Comic Box, part of the geek to geek podcast network. So, join us. Bop, bop. Oh, yeah. And we're back. Woohoo. So, we decided this year we were going to do something a little bit differently, because this is our third year of doing kind of a year in review, and we tend to go through a lot of movies, and I feel like it ends up being a really long episode, and, um... And as we get towards the end of the year, we start speeding up <laughs> and go, all right, let's go over the rest of these. Yes, yes, no, no, yes, yes. Yeah. So this year, uh, you had the suggestion of just kind of picking our highlights and not even just limiting it to movies to uh, kind of expand it to to other stuff. Yes. And of course, sure. I made that suggestion, which I really liked. And then I, I, after I compiled my list, I realized, oh, most of this is movies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. TV shows, a podcast, you know, that kind of stuff. Nice. Well, shall we go back and forth and just do one and then one? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. All right, cool. Um, Go ahead and you start off. Okay. Um, I already talked about this a little bit so far in this show, and I'm glad you mentioned that you're watching The Flash as well, so I won't spoil anything for you, hopefully. Um, But um, that has just been – I keep coming back to The Flash, um, and I think it's because it's so just fun and – I don't want to say – like juvenile because that sounds like um it, it's a bad thing but it's just kind of innocent storytelling you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and i think they've just done such a great job like developing all the characters and it's like good light entertainment and yeah. um i mean we've known each other for years joe you know i'm someone who like really goes for like the heavy like dark like <laughs> even my humor is like super dark i just like big heavy subject matter Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's, I'm kind of surprised, you know, at my own, uh, um, I guess enjoyment of this series or whatnot, but I've had a couple people, you know, while I'm watching it kind of over here going, what are you watching? Like, that's <laughs> sounds like a teen drama. You're, and I'm, and you know, I'm like, yeah, kind of, that kind of is what it is. And, 
you know, of course, my friends are like, wow, that's so not like you. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I feel like that's just a testament to like how good the storytelling is on this show. It's just great kind of, you know, like I said before, innocent, fun storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to have to sit down and have a, a good talk with my husband on uh, whether or not he is interested in continuing watching this series, because if he's not, he's right here. Are we are we going to continue watching Flash <laughs> and the Arrow? He's making the no face. <laughs> that's fine. It lets me know what I'm going to be watching while I'm playing video games over break. Okay, so th- that's that's what will happen. So I have now determined what I am doing while I play my video games over break. My second monitor will have Supergirl and Flash and Arrow, and uh, and I may try and do the uh, I don't know the try and travel one that I can't think of. Legends of Tomorrow. Is there a uh, um? Is that like a group thing? Like, do they come like in a package together? You feel like? I do, I do, and the reason why we're so far behind on Flash and Arrow is because we hit their like four episode crossover from last year mm-hmm. and didn't really know what was going on, but we were already a year and a half behind on Supergirl. Yeah. So we were like, crap, and so now we're just not watching any of them, and I like them, so I think yeah. I want to go back. The the crossover is that the one where they all team up? You mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How did you do with that one? Because you're not watching any other ones. I'm not watching any other ones, and um, I remember. I don't know if this is because I was on the road at the time. I mean, you know how busy I am during the fall, and I travel a lot for work. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like at an Airbnb in Atlanta, and uh, I got sick my last two days on this trip, and had <laughs> to fly back with like flu symptoms. Yeah. So that last day, my boss kind of was like, said it was okay for me to cancel my appointments on that last day. And I, and I just, I went to my first class and gave a presentation while with the flu. <laughs> and then I just went back to the Airbnb and just kind of hunkered down and waited for my flight the next day. So like I threw on the flash and that was when those episodes came on. So I don't know if it was like the flu, like haze or, <laughs> or what, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, they didn't bother me that much. You know, mm-hmm. I, I knew like, Oh, I'm not, I'm a little bit lost in terms of some of these characters and storylines. Like they allude to a couple of different story points with other, with the other characters that I was unfamiliar with. And, mm-hmm. um, but I just kind of went with it, you know. I was like, okay, like I'm here for the Flash, but this is cool. Like to see, I recognize some of them from the comics, you know, because obviously, like I'm I'm pretty familiar with the comics growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it seemed like they sketched out like some quick character dynamics, like in in, in a really uh, effective way, you know. So I was like, oh, okay, this is a basic relationship that Flash and Supergirl have, or whatever. Uh, and it was cool that to see her, if, if anything, honestly, like of those episodes, she was probably besides the flash, obviously she was probably my favorite. And yeah. She's probably, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably be most open to checking out her show. Maybe my biggest problem with all of them is I feel like every show there's like a secret and somebody's not telling somebody else the secret. And if they just told the secret, like half the drama wouldn't be there and you could just get to fighting the bad guy. Like that's, that's, that's my only problem with any of these CW DC shows is that, you know, Oh my God, just tell her the secret and move on with life. <laughs> just, oh, just tell her the secret. That is hilarious. Uh, because I, uh, spent a lot of time on Twitter lately and, um, <laughs> I just read a tweet from a well-known, um, comic book writer her uh, what's her name uh gail um oh this is gonna bug me 
I know. Um, I'm going to know it as soon as you say it, but I can't get the last name for you. Yes. It was retweeted by a uh, Gail Simone. Yes. And okay, I have to read this tweet. I just looked it up right now because it's so perfect to what she just said. She's, she's writing and she's saying she's critiquing certain comic book storytelling devices that she's seen a lot this year. Mm -hmm. And she said, if you're an aspiring comics creator, I hope you will listen to this advice. Ignore this advice if you like, but at least consider it first. First, for the love of God, remember that the reader does not know what is inside your head. Um, uh, shame on you if you don't name your characters on panel. Um, and then uh, let me skip to the one that is relevant because if not, I'll start reading for like 20 minutes. Um, a secret, a character that has a secret <laughs> is, is a really good – learn what a reveal is. In almost any story worth a damn, someone's keeping a secret regardless of genre. Secrets are storytelling nitro. <laughs> No, no, not when it's done on the CW. No, no, because all it's doing it because it's well, maybe it's just not good secrets because it's kind of like the the over dramification of the secret. It's like if you just told the 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 conflict doesn't come from the secret. The problem comes from keeping the secret. That's the problem. That's that's what I think that bugs me is that it's not that the drama comes from the secret. It's that the drama comes from keeping the secret. And it feels lazy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, so I, I apologies for that clumsy. You'll edit that so it's smoother. But yeah, no, no, really, no. I, yeah, I'm really glad I got to that because the minute you said that, it it brought to mind that tweet from Gail Simone. So I see what she's saying, um, but I also see what you're saying. Absolutely, like yeah, yeah, yeah. When it becomes lazy, when it becomes the thing that is like the only thing in the way of, you know, keeping the story from flowing or, or whatnot or finding a solution. Then it's like, yeah, it's people talking. Yeah. Another thing I like to do is go when I'm watching older movies or reading older stories is just think of how easily a cell phone would like solve the plot. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I like, I like the creative way that people have been trying to get rid of that convention because it does kind of yeah. mess up. Yeah. Um, Mess up storytelling. Yeah, I read a good article about Star Wars talking about how, like, if you look at a lot of the Star Wars movies all the way going back all the way you know, to episode four, like, a lot of issues just rise from communication. Mm -hmm. Like, we have to get this communication. It's like, they don't have Bluetooth in, like, you know, <laughs> in, in a galaxy far, far away. I guess not. They don't have email and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, since you started with a TV show, I am going to start with my TV show. Um, I think the thing I am most excited about from 2017 as far as TV goes, and there's been a lot of good TV. I mean, we, we've been watching lots of stuff. I am in love with the gifted right now. Hmm. Uh, have you watched it at all? No, we, I actually watched the trailer the other day and it looked pretty intriguing. It might've hooked I, us. The trailer might've hooked <laughs> us. It's here's the thing. I don't know that it's a good series. I can't tell because I'm just so excited about it. And I don't know how fair it is one way or the other. So you may watch it and go, Oh my God, Joe, how could you think this is good? But I can tell you exactly why it's because I am seeing characters on my TV that I would have never thought I would have been able to see in an, any sort of sort of film or TV medium. I mean, we're talking Polaris. They've got, um, people based on the, 
um, Fenris, the Strucker children. Yeah. Um, they've got, uh, and, and this is spoilers, and I don't care if it's spoilers. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. They have the Stepford Cuckoos. Do you know who those characters are? <laughs> I think, it, are they the ones that I'm thinking of? They're like the, the, um, they're like three to five blonde girls that um, Emma Frost takes under her wing when they restart up the Xavier school. Okay. I'm picturing them drawn by Frank quietly. So it, it, was it during the Morrison run? Um, I don't remember. Um, okay. I think but, so. I think that's what, are they like, they're, they're school girls, right? They're school. They're blonde school girls. Yes. 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 Okay. <laughs> and so like who who would have laughed when I saw that reveal because I'm like who is this character and I, I I she seems like she should be somebody but I don't know and then when she like two of her sisters show up you're like holy crap in what world like blink is in this show um uh beautiful dreamer who's one of the the Morlocks is in here like characters wow. that they are using characters that you would never, ever have seen in the movies. Wow. That's so cool. Every time somebody shows up, I'm like looking through my phone going, oh, is this somebody? Is this somebody? Is this somebody? I don't realize it's somebody yet. Like, <laughs> it is so much fun. And and it's I've always been a fan of the X-Men storylines where it's very much Sentinels and let's lock them up. And they have, you know, it's, you know, the fast track to days of future past, like, you know, Thunderbird is in this group. Like these major characters that didn't become famous enough to make the core team in the movies are now on my screen every week. And it's, amazing that's really smart of fox to like take advantage of like all of these characters in the x-men like if you think about it there's just so much to pull from there you know yeah, thousands thousands yeah. of characters yeah. and they're pulling really good ones are they do they ever allude to the x-men in any way or anything like that they mention them constantly really that's yes. awesome yes I basically it sounds it sounds like the x-men have put them in charge of this resistance group. Oh, that's so cool. And so, because, because Thunderbird keeps mentioning it. And, you know, if you look at the days of future past, they have Warpath and blink. Mm -hmm. So you could say that there's some sort of progression from this team to the days of future past team. Right. Right. That's, I like that a lot. Yeah, it's it's really, and I mean Polaris. I don't I don't necessarily <laughs> love the way they write Polaris, but I don't think anybody's really written a good Polaris <laughs> ever. So <laughs> so at now, least they they made a choice and they're running with it. Are these characters that you have affection for from the comics, or is, are you just like are, are these like favorite characters of yours that you never thought would see like you know would come out in other media, or is it just the fact that you recognize these like throwaway characters or like you know, be X-Men characters or whatnot. It's a little bit of both because I mean, Blink is one of my probably top five favorite characters in the Marvel universe. Sure. And I mean, not, not even just X-Men, like in the Marvel universe. For a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. She's a popular character. Yeah. She's really good. And, um, you know, I was perfectly happy to see her in days of future past and be like, okay, you know, this is the blink that we're going to get. And that's probably about it. 
Um, and now we've got, you know, her every week because she's one of the one of the leads. But then just that because I'm I'm the one who and if you're if you're not caught up on Marvel Agents of Shield, I I love character reveals, especially in this genre because if you're um if you're a big fan of a, a property and you see the little Easter eggs or the little nods to certain things, it, it gets you excited. Yeah. And so in in Marvel Agents of Shield when they um, had Bobby pull out the the Mockingbird batons <laughs> and reveal that she was Mockingbird. I was like, I lost my shit. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's and I feel like I'm doing that like every other episode in this show because I'm like, oh my god, that's that character. And and when I saw the cuckoo step step out, I I literally my husband is like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, you don't understand how great this is. <laughs> Oh yes, I've gotten that look many times. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't care if it's not a good show because I can see where people are. My my husband's not into it. I I am forcing him to watch it because he just has to. But um, but the 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 geek that it activates in me makes it one of my absolute favorites. And it's not saying that the story is bad. I just don't know that it's anything groundbreaking at this point. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be something that if they can keep up this momentum, momentum, it's going to be a really strong show. I think they just need to get their legs under them a little bit more. Are you up to date with the show? Like yes. that are, how many episodes are mm, maybe eight. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's fairly new. Yeah. They awesome. do eight, eight to eight to 12 somewhere in there. It's it's like the first half of the first season. They just hit their mid season finale point cool that's going to be something that we uh i think i'll i'll be able to find it right i'm sure you can find everything nowadays i, th- I think it's probably on hulu okay cool yeah so yeah. Then that's that's something that i'll binge uh before i have to go back to work next week yeah you have to you have to text me as you're going through okay you have I'll to do that. That. Sure. like as you're like as like and if it's like joe you're you're full of it this is a terrible show <laughs> please let me know because i do completely admit i am completely clouded by fanboyism right now all right that's cool i mean that's you know i'm fairly i feel in, in in some ways and i could be lying to myself but i feel like i'm fairly divorced from my like my fanboyism every now and then something will happen where i'll just really geek out and people look at me like you like you just said like matt like you know what is wrong with you? <laughs> um, but who knows i mean that could you know it, it could happen a lot more than i'm aware so yeah i'm always looking for those kinds of things where it's like a cool property that just really connects to that like early teen like comic book reading experience you know yeah cool cool awesome um, well back to you back to you well let's see um i guess i'll keep it going in in the television um i really got so much enjoyment this year from watching game of thrones um and that is really surprising as well. I guess the Flash was surprising to me, and Game of Thrones was surprising to me that I even it that it hooked me, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of it is just how much fun I had uh, geeking out about each new episode Monday morning with my coworkers. Yeah, Where, you know, like that's right. Like that's a lot of the appeal of a lot of this stuff. So. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I mean, it's definitely working with, you know, fantasy storytelling tropes or whatnot. And you, and it's fun to see how they're being kind of deconstructed, deconstructed and reconfigured and, and, you know, being subversive about some of these, these archetypes. Um, and then it just boils down to like what X-Men boils down to, which is a soap opera. Right. 
you know, it's a soap opera <laughs> it's with swords and, you know, dragons and stuff. So it's cool. Um, but I guess for, I resisted it for a while because it was just one of those things where I guess I felt like if you're, if you don't get in on the ground floor, it's going to be hard to like catch up, you know? Right. Right. And once you're like a few seasons in, it's kind of, oh, okay, that's going to take a lot of work to really like to put in all that time. Of course, when the show's really enjoyable, then it's easy to binge all those seasons because you don't want to stop watching. Yeah, you can um, go really quickly. Yeah, and that's what I did this year. I mean, God, I caught up, you know, with, I want to say, five or six seasons? I could be wrong on that. But, I mean, I caught up in one year, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and just looking out for certain, like, reveals and stuff like that as well. Um, I kind of feel like... I joined like this big, big, like greater pop culture movement because this is one of those shows that's just everywhere. Yeah. And I feel I like, again, this is one that, that Matt put the brakes on and was not enjoying it. And I think I'm going to, I don't think I'll have time over the, the holidays to catch up, but I think I will make that kind of my summer binge because I, I think we, I think we made it to, to episode or to season four. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and so I don't have as far to go, but I'm one of those people that if I'm away from something for long enough, I, I need a refresher. Yeah so, yeah. so I may try to just power through for um, the couple weeks over the summer that I have. So I found that usually by like season two, like you're either into it or you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it, at, you know, by that point, season four, that that made you guys just go, nah, you know, not, not into I, it? I think, I think Matt was not into it most of the time. And so I was just dragging him along and at his first opportunity to go, nope, <laughs> he did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's about as into the whole like sword and sorcery fantasy stuff that I get into. I feel like it's a, it's a somewhat realistic take on it. And you know me, like I like that. I, I'm mm-hmm. a huge fan of the realistic take, you know? Um, Cause it makes the fantastical elements feel more fantastical. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. It's like magical realism, you know? Um, cause like I, you know, I watched the Lord of the Rings, you know, stuff when it came out and I remember reading the Hobbit when I was a kid and I think I read the first book of Lord of the Rings and then that was it. Um, cause it took me forever to get through that book and I was like, ah, I can't do this two more times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the movies, but I've just never been, I'm not one of those, those fans that, you know, oh, you know, you've got a wizard and, you know, a sword or an elf, then I'm, I'm there, you know, whatever story you're going to tell, I'm there. I've never really been one of those fans. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's why Game of Thrones kind of caught me by surprise. But it's so much fun. I'm l- looking forward to the last season. Although I have to say, and I don't think this is spoilers here for anyone who's in the middle of watching Game of Thrones, but um, it's been interesting to see how as they get closer and closer to the last season, the writers are taking bigger and bigger swings. And mm-hmm. so where the show started out with like lots of like nuanced, like character driven, like political like scheming and stuff like that like that was the appeal of the show right you know for a long time was just that was just watching these characters bounce off each other you know with their different motivations or whatnot um as we're getting closer to the end it's it's kind of like like going the way of like michael bay it's just like big dumb stuff happening (laughs) 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 that was great i want that michael bay sound effect (laughs) ready at my disposal or anything yeah um you know and so different people different fans of the show have been feeling different ways about that i'm i'm fine with it because i'm like yeah it makes sense you know like we're getting to the end and so 
big, huge things have to happen with the characters and everything. So, but you know, there's, there's a little bit of that. So if you do pick it up again, just keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my, I like the fact that there's a lot of, of like, there's not a lot of fantasy out there right now. And so I think that the fact that it's kind of light fantasy, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is definitely nice. I've, I've heard a lot of good things about the, the Shannara series and I may kind of dip my toe into that. Huh. I know, I know when it comes to fantasy that Matt is not, that's not a thing. And, and unfortunately one of the, you know, I don't have a whole lot of time. So the t- TV time that we spend together is, you know, we try and find stuff that we're both going to enjoy. Um, you know, and, and I've got, a lot of other shows that I want to catch up on. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny too, Joe, to hear like people. Cause I mean, you know, this show is so big that there's a lot of people watching this, that this is their first ever like exposure to dragons and sorcery and stuff. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, there's, that's where this whole geek revolution has just kind of boggled my mind because I, I thought that there were certain things that were just never going to be mainstream. Like it was just not going to hit the mainstream as, as hard as like the comic book movies or, but it just keeps going. Like right now, Dungeons and Dragons is huge uh, because of um, stranger things and some of the other uh, like actual plays out there. And you know, I, I thought that was kind of like the last bastion of geekdom. Like people would never get into, like only the hardcore geeks would get into D and D. Nope. <laughs> yeah. It's funny to just see, you know, hear people talk about, you know, they think this is so, they think Game of Thrones is like the geekiest thing ever because it's their first, you know, experience. And I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, A little pat like, on the head. Oh, you're so sweet. Holy, <laughs> <laughs> totally. Like you said, it's like light fantasy like light geek fair like that's what it is you know like uh like yeah you have no idea there, there are worlds <laughs> out there there are, <laughs> there are things you wouldn't believe um so yeah that that's cool it, it makes me feel like you know i'm i'm transitioning nicely into like my elder geek kind of status you know? <laughs> <laughs> i'm almost 40 like oh yeah ray on wow. the mountain with the beard <laughs> come to me my geek children <laughs> and i will tell you the way <laughs> that's great oh uh, it's gonna be fun <laughs> well since we're talking fantasy i'm gonna jump over to um a novel and technically this is cheating because it was published in 2015 but it's one of the I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks this year and and I I haven't been looking forward to an a next book since Harry Potter. And so I'm I've listened to the Air Not Windless by Jim Butcher. It's a steampunk fantasy novel and it came out in twenty fifteen and he has not announced when the next book is coming out and I I need the book to come out tomorrow. <laughs> so it, it's really really good i love the characters i love the the world that he built with this it's complex the characters are fun there's a lot of fantasy elements but it is really about the characters mm-hmm. and, and my favorite thing and i don't remember if i've have i mentioned this book to you no no okay you you i think would enjoy it because um, you're a cat person. Yes. 
and they have written in this character of a um, the, this girl has a cat as kind of a best friend. And you think that she is kind of talking to the cat in her mind. Really and then cool. you very quickly realize, no, cats can talk in this society. It's just people don't tend to listen to them. Oh, wow. And so there's this entire society of cats that are, you know, people don't, they don't really domesticate cats in this culture. They don't, they're just, they're there to kind of catch rats in the sewers and that's, that's about it. But they have their own kingdoms and their own tribes and their own turf. And, and, <laughs> well, and it's great because you would appreciate this. The, the cat has to go out and, and, make contact with another tribe. And so the girl is, is describing this encounter with another cat from another tribe. And they basically ignore each other <laughs> to see who can be the most disinterested. <laughs> yes. and, that's, and that's the greeting. That's, that's, that's how they establish diplomatic relationships. That's like, great. Yeah, it is. It is brilliant. The cat relationships in this book. And I'm not one of those people that likes like, talking animals in my fantasy. That's not something that I, I look for yeah. and it's not, it's only a small part of it, but that's what I recommend because that's, I think what draws, what drew me in and went, all right, I'm in mm. such a so, good book. So it's, I, it's a steampunk fantasy novel. Yes. So there's like airships and there's a really cool airship battle or two. And they, um, they have, gauntlets which are basically like iron man palm cannon type things oh wow you know but at the same time there's people who can use magic i i think of steampunk as such a visual genre Uh because you're actually looking at like how this works and how this stuff is put together Mm -hmm. um that's interesting so it must go into like great detail in terms of like describing a lot of the steampunk technology then it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, mostly it just kind of assumes it assumes that you are aware of what it is. Okay. And so it doesn't have to like there wasn't a lot of catching up to do. Like there were a couple points where I was like, okay, I'm not sure what's going on here. And then just through the dialogue or the action of the show or of the book, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. This is how this works. So he, he kind of integrates the exposition into the story so that he doesn't have to do these long drawn out explanations of what a gauntlet is or what, how an airship works. He'll, he'll talk about it in the middle of the battle and why something didn't work. And through each of those things, you're like, Oh, okay. I get it. Cool. So what, uh, without diving into spoilers or anything, can you tell us a little bit about the main character or main characters? Like who's the, who does the story follow? Um, the story follows a head of a house because the, the way it's set up is there's different spires. And so you're, they're like these towers. Uh, you don't quite know yet what's wrong with the world below other than there's really scary creatures down there and nobody wants to go down there unless they absolutely have to. And okay. so the societies have been in this, in these towers. And I guess where you are in the tower is kind of your class. Mm. And so. Yeah, so they follow this one um, woman who is um, kind of in her late teens, and she's joining the the kind of military 
and uh, her cousin is already in the military, but he's kind of re-upping, so they're going through like a basic training together. And then you've got the girl who um, is friends with the cat, and both of them join the military for their own reasons. Oh. And well, she joins the military, and he's actually the prince of a cat tribe, so he's kind of there, and they don't understand why he's there. They think she's just brought her pet, but he's there for his own reasons. And so it kind of follows the the three of them in one side of the story, and then the other side is this um, shamed air um, air captain who is kind of a privateer for this spire. Is he and the antagonist? No, he's the the antagonist is another spire and their pol- political leaders. So these towers, these spires, are they connected to the ground like way down or do they float? Yeah, no, they're as far as I know they're ta- they're they're attached to the ground. They just don't go down there. They nobody goes down there. I mean, if oh, you did, some people cool. will go down there to get supplies and stuff, but that's like a low cast job. Nobody really wants to do that because it okay. puts you into a lot of danger. Hence hence the airships and stuff like that that they travel around in so they don't have to go down there. Exactly, exactly. And everything's powered by crystals that they grow in the towers. And so the, the main, uh, one of the main women who, who's of the higher caste system, her, um, her family grows the, the best crystals that power airships and gauntlets and all of these things. So she's very wealthy and it's kind of her dealing with, um, you know, she's very impulsive and makes a lot of really bad decisions. And this other girl is very, um, kind of refrained and and seems like she's going to be very weak and very timid and she is probably one of my favorite literary characters ever cool wow yeah. i really like this take on i love how these fantasy novels or you know sci-fi novels uh uh the way that they set up the world the world building to reflect either whatever class issues or you know that conflict you know and, and the mm-hmm. allegory for it from our world so that that's pretty cool i like that take on it yeah, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And if you can listen to the audiobook, even better, because the guy who narrates it is great. And this is the first book. This is the first book. I don't know when the second book comes out. The second book's coming out after he finishes his next Dresden Files book. Okay, okay. Man, that's got to be like you set up this whole world and you write one book and you hope it does well because if it doesn't or, or you know, it doesn't catch on, then that's it. Like, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah, cool. That sounds great. And I one of my one of my resolutions this year is going to be to listen to more audiobooks cuz as I was compiling this list for for today's podcast I realized, man, I don't do enough reading. I don't read as much as I used to anymore. Yeah. Well, it's hard. We don't have time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I do a lot of reading, but it's all short form stuff, you know? Mhm. Mhm. So, which is great. I mean, there's some really great articles, informative articles and storytelling, you know, online and blogs and stuff that have been coming out. But I just, I'm not sitting down and, and, you know, really like diving into a novel or something as much as I used to. Yeah. This sounds like a good one though. Yeah, absolutely. I highly, highly recommend. All right. I'm going to make the leap to film now. Yes. Um, and there were so many good movies that came out. I actually had a really hard time like limiting myself. Um, but uh, the one that I definitely wanted to talk about was Logan. Yes, and that made my list too. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw that when I when I looked at your list this morning. Um, and what I mean, great, great film. But I think one of the reasons why I I it was a must 
you know, on the list um, for me was that I, it felt Logan felt like, uh, the evolution. So that we had, we had crossed some kind of, you know, um, threshold in terms of like what comic book movies are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, they've tried, others have tried in the past to kind of evolve that, you know, the comic book movie, but before there's enough movies out there, it just doesn't feel like it's ready to do that. You know what I mean? Right. I feel like, we, I think we, you and I, I think talked about Watchmen and how that just came out too early. Was that me and you talking about that? I think we've talked about it. Maybe not on a podcast, but at some okay. point. Yeah. I think I've had that conversation with my coworkers as well. How it's just, you know, Zack Snyder, bless him, you know, he just, um, was trying to deconstruct the thing before it was ready to be deconstructed. Right. You know? With Logan, I feel like this this was a transition that just made sense and just felt right. And everything about the storytelling, down to the character Wolverine, you know, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine being one of the first, you know, comic book characters to to really uh, make the transition to movie and make a huge impact. You know what I mean? I mean, X, that first X-Men film by Brian Singer mm-hmm. kind of kicked off this whole thing that we're still doing. You yeah, know? it really did. It made us realize, okay, these can be good movies yeah yeah and so for that same character now to you know make a an r-rated movie that is really well done and is not taking advantage of the r rating in the wrong way right that makes any sense no absolutely you know it's not just gratuitous violence just for the hell of it you know um which i think deadpool can also kind of fit in this category and obviously a vastly different tone Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. i also think that deadpool did it right in terms of having that r rating yeah, and um, and I was really worried after that that when people started announcing that they were going to do an R-rated version and, and Logan too, I was like, okay, but are you doing it for the right reasons? And I think Logan right. did do it for the right reasons. Yeah, did they take did are you know are are filmmakers going forward with this now? Are they going to take the right lessons? Because historically, we've seen that no, no one ever takes the right lessons. Right. <laughs> you can look at all the you know shitty. 90s you know gritty dark horrible comic books that took the wrong lessons from dark Knight returns and watchmen mm-hmm. right in the late 80s um so yeah um, um i mean there's still room for that joe <laughs> like, you know, we might be ready for a slew of bad ones i mean if you look at like the fantastic four fan fan uh fan four stick or whatever people are calling it mm-hmm. um that was a really dark, gritty take on the Fantastic Four, and you know me. Usually, I'm I'm all for you know the the, the realistic take of, on things, but um, that was just not good. I st- I still haven't watched it. Oh man, it, that that might be fun just to like get drunk and watch it or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, it's just yeah, it's just not good. I was sick in bed on Thanksgiving night, and I couldn't get through half of it. I was like, nope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. But with Logan, I mean, it's, it's a, I don't know. It's just because, you know, a story is dark in, in theme doesn't mean that everything has to take place at night where we can't see anything. Right. Well, and and did have the, um, have the, the Academy Award nominations for this year haven't come out yet, right? Oh God. I don't know. That's a good question. Because I want one or both of them to get nominated. I, I, it will like, I don't know that it will happen because of the genre that this got stuck in. Sure. Sure. But it, th- but they should. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Logan, especially that. I mean, um, just watching it, just sitting in the theater, watching it, like just 
for I, I saw it with somebody who had never seen an X-Men film. This was literally their first X-Men film. Uh-huh. And they loved this movie. And for myself, someone who has seen all of them and you know been a fan of the comics, it's just all of the weight that this character, you know, brings with him um just makes it even more effective in the yeah. movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, why did it why can you speak more to about why it made your list? Um, yeah, because I, I tried to keep it my five things in different genres. So I did a book, a movie, a TV show. Um, and so I was like, well, which movie am I going to pick? Because there were a lot of good movies this this year, especially geeky movies. Yeah. And I felt like it so completely broke with tradition that, yeah, Thor was – uh, my favorite Thor movie and it was fun. And it's what I think that title needed. Um, Spider-Man was just exciting and funny and heartwarming and, you know, just really enjoyed it. And, and even the last Jedi, I, I was like, it changed so many things and it so took us by surprise. But at the end, I think Logan had all of that stuff in it. Like it, it took us by surprise. It, got us excited about um about the 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 characters again uh the acting was amazing it it just it kind of was the best of all of the movies as yeah. far as i'm concerned it had the best part of each of the movies yeah yeah i can see that absolutely and i'm i'm a really big fan i mean as you know the last jedi also made my list um mm-hmm. and one thing that i'm noticing in common with the other movie as well, not just Logan and last Jedi, but Thor Ragnarok is that the voice of the filmmaker is front and center. Yeah. You know? And I think going forward, like I really hope that that's what, you know, that's the lesson <laughs> that is taken from this is hire a good filmmaker and let them do their thing. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, because James Mangold, I mean, I'll just read, some of the other films and, you know, it took them a while to get this film made. I mean, he worked with Hugh Jackman on the Wolverine before this one, before Logan. Um, and they had always had this in mind. They always wanted to do an R rated version of, you know, a Wolverine movie. Um, so I'm really glad they, they got to make it. But in the, before this, James Mangold made, um, 310 to Yuma, uh, which I really liked the Western film, uh, walk the line, which is the Johnny cash, uh, biopic that I really enjoyed. um, he made Girl Interrupted back in the 90s. Okay. He made Copland. Um, so, yeah, he's he's been working for a while, and he's made some really cool movies. And I just think, you know, when you hire the right people, your job is to then just get out of the way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and I feel, you know, I'm going to be talking about similar things with um, Thor Ragnarok and, and Tai Watiti. Well, why don't, you, why don't you go ahead and jump into that? Because I think that's a... Uh, a good transition to go to. Yeah. It just, it just shows what comic book movies can be when they're done. Right. You know, mm-hmm. man, like and this is what comic book fans know already. <laughs> like we've always known this, that there's just so many different ways that you can do a good comic book because the comic book is really just the medium. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, you know, there's, there's historically romance and Western comic books were way popular before superheroes ever came around. Mm-hmm. And then superheroes took over and everyone thinks, oh, okay, if you're doing a comic book, then you're doing a superhero story. And that's not the case. No. And so even within, even with these superhero characters, you're seeing these different types of stories being told. Um, Thor Ragnarok was just, 
from from beginning to end just pure joy I, yeah <laughs> I, it was just so funny and and just so well done i they just nailed it you know it, it to me this is the like marvel this is the pinnacle of the marvel brand so far like this whole the way they've told the story and i'm really glad that they did this as they're looking to go forward and maybe you know start to to you're looking at Infinity War, or you're looking at Black Panther, mm-hmm. looking at Infinity War, and you know there are new things beginning and there are older things ending, and it's really nice to have a film like this and say, "Wow, this is when Marvel does everything right. When they, you know, when the humor is there, when the characters are there, when the, you know, the the interpersonal drama is there, um, you know, when you've got a a." I guess as interesting a, a bad guy as you can get, you can yeah. get in these, these stories. You know, this this works. This is this is what it should look like. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and it it wasn't it wasn't a, a drain. Like sometimes these movies are a drain to watch. Like you, I, especially a lot of the DC ones lately. <laughs> yes, have been like you go in hoping. And it, it's not, you know, whether you like it or dislike it, 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 there is, you have to do work on your end to, to yeah. stay in the movie. And I think Thor was so effortless. It was just like, I, I just, I'm just having fun and I can appreciate it deeply or I can appreciate it on the surface level. It just really, however my mood is, it'll be fine because it's, a- it, yeah, it just brings you, brings you along for the ride. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. It's effortless. Yeah, it is very it is effortless. effortless. Be an interesting double feature to show Logan and uh, Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, just to explode someone's idea of what a comic book film could be or should be. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, because if you think about it, I would say, you know, some of the things that these films have in common are, you know, besides obviously the strong filmmaker's voice there. Um, you have a character that we've grown with, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so you have like like a um, an evolution of the story. Like Wolverine, if you look at you know the first couple of films, they're kind of samey. You know, they're, yeah. they're like they 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 hit. It's it's like um, I don't know that three act structure, man. That just you see it coming from a mile away, right? You're like, okay, here's a romantic interest. Here's this, here's that, you know? And with Thor as well, I mean, the first two Thor films are vastly different from Thor Ragnarok. Yes. And I don't mind that because I feel like, I feel like Thor was able to evolve because he, like the whole idea in the first one is he's full of himself and, and it, you know, he, he's full of himself and he needs that humility to learn. And then by the time he gets through all the Avengers movies that we've had, he he's not that person anymore. So I, I right. feel like the character's evolution was very appropriate. Exactly. And that's, I think, what both these films have going for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just like, like, please, you know, filmmakers that are working on, you know, God, we're going to be talking about, you know, what's coming next year. But even beyond that, if you're, if you're watching these films and you're inspired or, or you want to, you know, build on that with your superhero film or your comic book film that you're making, you know, it's about the characters ultimately, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we've seen enough buildings being exploded or whatnot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
So yeah, that's that's why Thor Ragnarok is one. And Logan, these are movies that I'm I mean, I'm gonna keep coming back to. And how how many comic book films can you say that about? Right, right. Because I haven't gone back, although um Rob over at the comic box is planning on doing kind of or or has talked about possibly doing um a revisit of each of the Marvel movies, because apparently if you start with one the week after New Year's and do one a week, you will lead up to Avengers. I saw that. I post I reposted that also. That yeah. Image. So so um <laughs> So I don't know. I, I I have been I have not gone rewatched most of these movies. I've only seen them once, and mm. so I'm very tempted to see what that journey is like. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be. Re- you have to text me. Yeah, so or, we should, we should maybe do it. Maybe we will, we would try it together. I don't know, and just okay. kind of like say, all right, this week, this is what we're watching. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be really interesting. Um, because that's I think that's one of the things that you one of the criticisms that can be you know said about this whole spate of like comic book films is that a lot of times it's it's disposable storytelling mm-hmm. you know and for comic books that's fine you buy a 22 page comic book you know you you know back in the day you roll it up and throw it in your back pocket or whatnot <laughs> you know what i mean right right and you have something to read you have some entertainment you know that afternoon um with these million you know multi-million dollar films now it's you don't always want it to be digest, you know easily digestible or rather um disposable right you know um, so yeah, the, these films, you know, for this year, Logan, Thor Ragnarok, like these films are films that I'm going to take with me for sure. Not, not so much, you know, maybe the dark world, although I understand the importance of that, but yeah, for sure. These. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Where should we go next? Uh, do you want to finish out since we're on movies with, uh, the last Jedi? I mean, you and I kind of talked the hell out of it last week. <laughs> we did. And I tried not to put it on this list for that reason. Um, but I am in deep right now with this one, man. I am like just article after article. I can't get enough basically of the conversation around this film right now. And so that's why I had to, to put it in. Um, because it's similar to the force awakens a couple years ago. And you know, here, that's the thing I guess about these star Wars films going forward now is that we're, it's not like a, you know, Oh, this came out in 77, two years before I was born. And you know what I mean? Like <laughs> we're, we're in it now. Like <laughs> we're experiencing the hype and the whole, you know, the, the collective, you know, uh, uh, I guess acceptance or rejection of these films as they come out by the general public. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just really fascinating, especially with this film because it's such uh, so divisive. Yes. And I've got a question about that and I try not to get political on, um, on, on this show because I have another entirely different show that I'm allowed to do that on. Uh, But do you think that, the backlash against Star Wars fanboys has anything to do with the political climate as it is today. The backlash against Star Wars fanboys. Yeah, all the Star Wars fanboys coming on and complaining about everything. I've seen some vicious people get over yourself posts um, <laughs> against the people who are bashing uh the the last Jedi. And I was wondering if this is kind of just people's, you know, just where they are politically that we're just tired of, of hearing 
the 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 nonsense and the the negativity and and that people are just done and so that's why the backlash is so vicious a hundred percent okay a hundred percent yes and I think that as these you know as these properties uh go into the future and I mean you know, Joe, we're, we're potentially a year or two away from Captain America being recast mm-hmm. with like a black guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and you know, with Iron Man, you know, and Hulk and all of these characters either being recast or just, you know, kind of let go of and, and focusing on new character, more diverse casts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I would say that most, not, not all, but most of the people doing the complaining are middle-aged white males Mm -hmm. and so i think that's the that's the backlash you know what i mean um just because these films for the most part have catered to that audience you know not that that's the only audience that these films have appealed to but i feel like that's who they catered to let me tell you the last this last week i've rewatched star wars episode four new hope and empire strikes back and it is noticeable, man. It is noticeable <laughs> that you look at you look at the bat, you look at the 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 extras, you look at the entire cast, you look at everything. It's just assumed like this is the culture that we're speaking to, this one culture, right? You know, and that is kind of the accepted norm. Um, such a huge difference with the films that are coming out now. And so, I mean, I've never. It's hard for me totally to to understand that that complaining I've definitely been part of the backlash that you're talking about towards mm-hmm. those fans for sure. I mean, I've sent out a couple of tweets saying, just shut up already. You know? yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to see it completely from the, the Uber fan side because I've always been the fan that is willing to kind of let go and embrace change. Right. I've always been that fan, even with comics, you know, with whatever the case may be, it's, you know, Oh, this is this new spin on this classic thing. Great. I've never been, a hundred percent like just married to you know my story the way i first saw it the way i wanted to stay forever you know mm-hmm. it's the uh, the elasticity of these themes and these characters that is that makes them so appealing to me well and i mean when we're talking about stuff that we i think i think when you and i get on um you know, when we start kind of bashing a movie or we're, we're frustrated with a, a director's choices, um, it's because they're changing the story unnecessarily or not to a, a purpose that's moving anything forward. Like there's, they're like, we criticize not just because you're doing that to our character, but because, you know, it, it's not resulting in good storytelling. Sure. And I, and and I think we, and I mean, I'm not saying that we never just go, no, I don't want, I mean, cause Lord knows that's what I, I'm, I fear. I hope not, but I fear that that's what the new mutants episode is going to be is me going, but they can't do that. Um, <laughs> but it, it, when, when it comes to stuff like this, like that, that was the best thing about this movie was the fact that, that it just, it just kind of looked at the audience. It said, all that stuff you've been talking about for the last two years. Yeah. We don't care. This is what we're going to do. And, and that's great because it gives us something completely new and completely different. And it's not taking away all the fun we had of coming up with all of these fan theories. It just says, 
glad you had fun with that, but we're going in a different direction. And now right. we can be like, oh my God, new fan theories about what they're possibly going to do moving forward. <laughs> like we're not losing anything here. Yes, exactly. This, this Star Wars film, I feel like this is a watershed moment. Mm-hmm. This, this is, this film is going to be remembered as a, a kind of like a line in the sand, mm-hmm. you know, where either you're going to be with this going forward or you're not. But I really agree with his recent tweet, basically saying like, this was necessary. So I understand, you know, people are upset, but in order for the, the, in order for Star Wars to go into the future, this was going to have to happen sooner or later. So it just happened now. Yeah. You know? Um, and I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, and I don't think for the record, you know, what, what constitutes good storytelling that's subjective. True. You know, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with not liking a certain version of a character you love. I don't think there's anything wrong with even complaining about not liking it, Mm -hmm. but you know, where, where does that end? I think is the question here, because if I, I I have never, you know, and I, exactly like you said, we've both bashed things, but I've never followed, you know, gone gone to Brian Singer's Twitter account (laughs) to tell him that he's a horrible (laughs) human being because he messed up apocalypse. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. That's, I think that that's the backlash I feel there, you know, like I'm not, you know, summoning my bot army to go on to, you know, Rotten Tomatoes and downvote, you know, the, the score of this film because I didn't like it. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah. Um, and I think, I don't know if you saw that article. I saw an article where something like 90% of um, the down, the, the fan or audience downvotes for The Last Jedi on Rotten Tomatoes are by new accounts that have never been used before. Wow. So, so it's like five guys. Like, so all this Hubble blue is five guys on the internet, which is really accounts just to download that film. And then that's it. That's the only activity on that account ever. <laughs> so, I hate you know, people. <laughs> I just, you know, I just, you're just, <laughs> so, so I think that's the backlash, you know, it's not the star Wars fans that are, you know, if you're upset, you're upset, but you know, I guess I don't feel when, when, Brian Singer makes a bad X-Men movie. I don't feel personally attacked. No, we're just, you know? we're disappointed, but that's yes. about it. And I can walk around with that feeling and go, man, I hope they make a better one next time. Yeah. Or, you know, I have X-Men two X United, which I really love that X-Men movie. You uh-huh. know what I mean? So I think that's the thing. And I think it's just, maybe it's an audience that is not used to having to share their things with other people. I, I think that's a very strong observation. You know, yeah, they just, they're not used to having to share it. It was only ever for them. And now it's not just for them. And the creators are reflecting that, that it's not just for them. It's for everybody now. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, um, but, but that's, I mean, th- this conversation is part of the reason why I felt that the last Jedi had to go on this list today, even though we talked about it at length last week, definitely go check out. If you haven't listened to that, spoiler cast that we recorded you know go do that um so yeah and, I, and i'm looking forward to this i think like this is all of this is great did i love everything about the last jedi no is it my favorite star wars movie so far it might be it's up there with empire for me you know mm-hmm. um but i don't expect everyone else to feel that way i just think like this conversation is what makes this film so important yeah 
Definitely. Cool. Cool. Um, <laughs> I'm going to jump back to my, my list um, with, I, and I did an entire episode on this, so we don't have to, to go too de- deep into it. But um, as far as podcasts go, my, my nod has to go to the Adventure Zone this, this year. Uh, they, they finished up their, their first storyline and uh, weeping, Ray, driving wow. on, on the freeway, listening to an actual play, weeping. Wow. Okay. I, man, I have really slept on this and I'm kind of bitter about it now because multiple people have talked to me about this podcast in the last few months. Yeah. And like I said, yeah. you have to get through the first five or six episodes, like, cause they don't take themselves seriously at first. And then when they start realizing what they have and that right. they have a story there, it, it starts to come together. But, um, like, I mean, they even say in the last episode, fuck, we just played D and D so hard. We cried because they were in tears. Like, oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> like it, it is. It is a an amazing feat of storytelling. It is. I mean, it's not perfect. There are there are slow points. There are points where you know it, the the you, they they do combat. So you know they do roll for for things, and sometimes that'll go long. And and you know it's it's uh, not it's not a perfect work. But the yeah. storytelling that he does and the character he develops and the, the points he hits, brilliant. It's like, I, it's what actual play can actually do. And I, I hope we see more of it. They're, they're currently in a situation where they're now, they've finished that storyline. They're trying different things and they haven't decided what their next big epic story arc is going to be. It's going to be a different genre, different characters, different everything. Because they don't want to change or do anything to what they've already completed. They feel like it's complete story and that it's done. So, so moving forward, they're going to try a different genre and try different characters and, and a different system. But, you know, for, for now, we have the entirety of what they call, um, the adventure zone balance. The story arc is called balance and it is Mm. amazing. Oh my God, you're getting me so hyped for this. If I had only listened to you the first time you told me to listen to this, I would be right there with you. Well, I have saved you from the the problem that I had, which was catching up to their publication schedule. And because they would do, they would publish it every other week. And so you would get to a point where you caught up and you had to wait two more weeks for another episode. So now you can just all the way through without that disappointment. Which is why, you know, in my late teens, early 20s, I made the transition from single issue of comic books to graphic novels. Right. For the same reason. Because I'm like, you know what? I'd rather just wait, avoid preacher spoilers, and just pick up that graphic novel once a year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, uh, I, I, have never, I have never gone to a live recording of a podcast. I went to a live uh, – they, they performed at Comic-Con. And I stayed up until 2 in the morning watching them on stage play D&D. Um, How was that? How was that? It was crazy. It was like, <laughs> it wasn't so much like, cause they always do their live show and their live shows will always be with these characters because that's what people loved. Um, so they'll do these little one-offs that have no, um, connection to the main story, but, yeah. but they're just silly. Cause I mean, the, the whole, the whole idea is, is it's, um, three brothers and their father playing D and D together. And so they're up there telling this story 
and constantly bagging on the dad for not knowing the rules, constantly poking fun at each other. Like they're like, it's not just the storytelling that makes it something that you love. It's the care. It's the interactions between these four people. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's a perfect combination of what happens at the table when you're playing a role-playing game and amazing storytelling. <laughs> That's great. I, and then, I and then to look around people cosplaying as the characters and, and like surrounded by a, a theater full of people watching somebody play. D- like it just kind of blows your mind. Right. Right. Watching and listening to people play Dungeons and Dragons is a thing. Yeah. I remember first being seeing that uh, I was watching some Dan Harmon documentary or something like that. They were following around his traveling podcast show. And a big part of that was, you know, playing D and D. Yeah. And everyone kind of like now wears that flag, you know, very proudly, which is really cool to see. Yeah. Um, I actually had, you know, that I, I'm a, an admissions counselor and recruiter for, you know, uh, the school that I work for looking at college of art and design. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I talk to students all the time. I talk to young artists that are interested in going to art school. And earlier this year, I gave a tour to this family that was visiting from out of state. And, you know, one of the things that we go, go for when we do a tour of the school is it's a very personal tour. Um, and you get to see the culture of the school and you're trying to make that connection, right? Like ultimately, they're interested in your school and you, and I'm the face of that school of, of our school for that tour. And so my job is to make a connection and really try to, you know, find what is the student passionate about and why, and you know, it, how can we serve them in that way as, as an institution? And, um, we're talking, I'm looking at, at her portfolio and she's one of those students, like a lot of students, frankly, that I, that I come into contact with that are interested in arts and, you know, um, maybe not the most outgoing, socially, you know, extroverted person, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, you know, Hey, we're artists, you know, like <laughs> sometimes <laughs> we're a little shy. Sometimes we're not quite, you know, we make connections through, through in, in other ways, not so much, you know, standing in front of someone and having a conversation. That's just not always easy for all of us. And right. so she started talking about D and D some of her characters were like based on, on that and. I was like, uh, oh, yeah, I don't know a lot about it, but my friend Joe just r- recommended this podcast to me. And she goes, Adventure Zone. <laughs> I was like, yes, that's it. And she just lit up. And her mom kind of looked like, whoa, like, who is this person? And she just, like, came out of her shell. And she was talking about how much she loves the podcast. And, oh, my God, you have to check it out. Like, she was impressed just that I had heard of it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that was my first moment of like, oh, this is a thing and I'm missing out and I should check it out. <laughs> people, so, Ray, people had listening parties pe- for, for, for the finale. They, they were like, you need to give us notice when you're going to pr- put out the final episode because we're planning on having a listening party and we need time to plan. That's great. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So this is definitely going on my list of things. Um, I, that I need to catch up with. And it's perfect because my commute is so long for work right now that I'm 
like looking for podcasts and stuff. So this is going to be a good one. I can't wait. This, this is like a this is like a present that I'm looking forward to unwrapping kind of thing. Yeah. And listen to uh, you're going to get episode one and one point five. Pick mm-hmm. one of those to listen to. Don't listen to both because they're just a rehash of each other. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. Wait, why? Why the one point five then? Because what happened was, is I think, and I could be wrong, but I believe episode one was an episode from another podcast that they do. Mm. And so they put that on the stream, but they were like, this is really long. And so if we cut through all of it, we can kind of give the, the abridged version 1.5 for everybody else that Got it. wants it and then go into the thing. I personally would listen to the first one cause you get everything. Oh, but, good. Yeah. But, yeah. um, but I, I realized like halfway through 1.5, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is just a repeat of the previous episode. So. Got it. Good. Yeah. Thanks for the heads up. All, all right. right. Uh, do you got anything else you want to talk about from 2017? Um, the only other thing is the announcement of classic WoW servers. Oh, what's that? You haven't talked about that yet, Joe. Oh, I've talked about it a lot, just <laughs> not with you. <laughs> I'm sarcasm. Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. It's just uh, okay. So, um, yeah, the the reason why I put it on my list, I mean, because it's just a a thing. Um, it's just an announcement. It's not an actual thing, but it got me back into WoW, which, you know, I always do say is my, my primary fandom. Uh, mm-hmm. It got me publishing another podcast. Uh, honestly, Ray, five days between I'm going to do this podcast and having three episodes up. Wow. Uh, yeah. No, this is how excited I was about this announcement. And, and for me, it's creating, like, it's, it's got a little bit of the same effect of, um, the, the last Jedi in that it really polarizes people because there's people who want it one way and people who want it another way. And, but, it, but it's got this conversation going and I'm, I'm already developing relationships with people online just because of this announcement. Huh? That's so, great. Yeah. So, so for me, it, this Clearly is not, you're not the only excited person out there. No, no. And, and it's, it's revitalized the, again, revitalized the IP for a lot of people. And so I'm not going to give up playing current WoW, but I do love that idea of going back and enjoying some of the stuff that I, I miss about the game. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's, a, that's cool. That's, <laughs> like, that's like going back into your like old, like, you know, bins of comics and going like, oh, this is some of the first stories I ever read. This is how I fell in love with this. And why? Yeah, that's it exactly. That's it exactly. Oh, man, for, for gamers, that's great. All right, how about you? Did you have anything else on your list? Uh, no, I think I think we're all caught up. We've been talking for quite a while, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, well, we can go. Um, yeah, I mean, there was just too much stuff this year. I mean, these are the highlights for me. But honestly, you know, I could make a whole another list and talk for another hour. Yeah, but I know you got stuff to do, so we're not going to do that to you. We are going to, however, do you want to just do want to pick out two or three things that you're looking forward to in 2018? Yes. Um. So a lot of this connects to my list from 2017, which I didn't plan. It just sort of happened. Mm-hmm. Um. We talked about the Flash TV show, and you know the greater kind of like what do they call it? Do they call it the Arrowverse? Um. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, they're adding to that with another series called Black Lightning. Yes. Um, when is that coming out? Is that 2018? Yes. 
Um, so I'm excited because they're bringing some diversity to, you know, this little mini universe now they have going on in this TV series. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be cool. That's definitely something I want to check out because I think it's going to be my, uh, kind of gateway into this greater like Supergirl. I, you know, if I, if I dig black lightning, I might take this trip and catch up with Supergirl and stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know about Arrow. I know Arrow is like the big main one for everyone. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what kicked off this whole thing, right? Isn't Flash like even like a like a like a offshoot of Arrow? Yeah, it started with Arrow, then it went to Flash, then it went to Supergirl, then it went to Legends of Tomorrow, and now it's doing Black Lightning. I don't know. There's something about this take on Green Arrow that I'm just kind of like. It feels like Batman to Batman. Well, that's what they tried to do. They, they he is he's got a lot of Batman villains. He's got a lot of bat. They they really were making him very batman-esque got it okay got it. it's just not my read on it then okay yeah cool. yeah so but black lightning looks really cool from the things that i've seen so far um and like i said i dug supergirl so I, that might be this might be my you know getting into like just going all going all in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um do you want to go back and forth um to keep going? You, you can keep going uh jessica jones season two keeping it uh, in, in television um I, you know, I watched the first season of Jessica Jones. Did you watch it? I did. Um, and I just, one of those things, I was like, oh, cool, it's out. And I watched it and I enjoyed it. And then recently, because, you know, we started all over Daredevil 1, we watched, I rewatched the first season of Jessica Jones. And I forgot how good that was. It was, I think, I want to say that um, Luke Cage was our favorite, but that was a close second. Okay, right, right. Yeah, I like Luke Cage as well. Um, I just Jessica Jones is just so different from all the other ones. I feel like, and 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 some of the the themes running through the show are super heavy, but it just the way they weave this stuff into the stories and her character, I think, is really likable. Mm-hmm. Um, it just all like it just reminded me of how much I enjoyed the show the first time around. And there's you know uh, an announcement that season two is going to be coming on March eighth. On Netflix. Oh, they finally got a, a date. Yes, March eighth. So I'm excited for that as well. And um, is that the first that, Netflix of the the new year? I believe so. Yes. Cool. Yes. So that's keeping it with television. Th- those are my two that I'm looking forward to. What about yourself? Um, for television, uh, it's very not geeky, but I, I am so excited about it. Uh, we <laughs> binged when we when we came back from our European tour. This. Uh, this summer, uh, one of the places we stopped at was the Shetland Islands. And so we, while we were there, we heard people talking about this show, Shetland. And it's just basically a, a crime drama. And there's three seasons. And because it's, you know, a BBC kind of thing, it's like, I don't know, six hours long. <laughs> it's really like you could get through, you can get through the, entire first three seasons in like less than 12 hours. Oh, and, but it's, the characters are amazing. And my, my mother and I, and I will sit down and we'll start looking for what we're going to watch as a family together. And (laughs) she goes, when Shetland on April, why do we have to wait till April? I mean, like the two of us are literally just like chomping at the bit for season four of Shetland to be on Netflix. That's awesome. Yeah. That's you know what? I mean, I think one of the things we're going to have to start talking about in the new year is the definition of geeky. Yeah. 
you know, that seems like it's it's not what it once was, and that's okay. It's it's evolving just like the superhero comic book movie is evolving, you know? Yeah. And I think it does encompass things that you're just very passionate about. And we're very passionate about Shetland. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Where where can we find that show if I wanted to check that out? It's on Netflix. And okay. I, I think it's all on Netflix. And it again, it's not a long watch. It's and it's not I think the thing that I love the most about it is it's not made up drama. Like there's not a lot of filler because you just cut to the chase. It's very much a mystery kind of deal where, you know, it's this small town, um, you know, they're on an Island where, where bringing it back to the cell phone problem, you don't get good reception in Shetland. And this is a thing that I have experienced. Like we could <laughs> not get reception at certain places. And so their, their cell phones are often useless and that heightens up the drama, but not like in a bad way. Not, not where it's like, Oh, of course their cell phone. No, really. If you're in Shetland, you do get no cell reception. Okay. And see, man, talking to you every time, my list of properties. Because <laughs> now I'm interested in this mo- in this show. I, I really, I'm a big fan of lean storytelling. It's really good. It's really, so you, really good. Yeah. When you said that, that you had, you hooked me with that. <laughs> cool. Cool. So yeah, so I've got, I've got Shetland for TV and um, my, my f- big movie for next year more than, and I know people are going to go, what more than the Marvel movies, more than the X-Men movies. I am looking forward to ready player one. Yeah. I was shocked when I saw that. Yeah. D- defend it. <laughs> defend it. Okay. So I, I, I'm going to just defend it opposite um, Infinity War because I think that's what everybody expected my number one to be as far as excited for 2018. I am so – there is so much buildup and hype pushing towards Avenger Infinity War that I just want a movie that's by itself – good, bad, whatever it happens to be something that I can enjoy where I feel like I want so much stuff out of Avengers that I I'm worried that I'm overbuilding expectations for it. I'm trying to very strongly temper my expectations of infinity war. Hmm. And I don't have to do that with ready player one. So I can actually get excited about ready player one. Right. Okay. So, is there anything about the property itself besides being self-contained that you're that you're geeking out about or that you're looking forward to or that has you hooked? Oh yeah, because I'm a I'm a. It's all about it's all about geek culture. It's you know. Do you know the story? Yeah, yeah. Have you read the book? I've read the book and I've listened to the audiobook. Oh, okay, so I have the book, but I've never I haven't read it yet, and I'm. Right now, I'm wondering if I should read it first or watch the movie first or what. Read it first. Read it first okay. because the the movie is not going to be as good as the book, I'm sure. I mean, it very rarely is, but um, it, it's just such a good book. And I think I don't know if they're going to keep the twists and turns the same. And I feel like I can appreciate. Okay, they had to do this cinemat- cinematically, where I would want you to have the book experience before the movie experience because the book experience is so good. Okay, that, that that helps then. Uh, I just sometimes I avoid reading the book first because the book is always going to be better, mm-hmm. and it tends to ruin my enjoyment of the movie. But then, if I watch the movie first, I know that if I really like the movie, there's a deeper dive waiting for me in the book. Yeah, and and I and I think I think they're going to go a very video game route where a lot of the the pop culture in the movie is going to be video game based, and since you're not a big gamer. 
Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know that that's going to draw you in and I would hate for you to watch the movie and go, uh, I'm not going to read the book. Right. Right. Uh, and you know, part of me thinks who better to direct this than Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Because so many of these geek properties are influenced by, you know, stuff he was doing in the eighties. Mm-hmm. But then part of me is like, wait, are we going to get like classic Spielberg? Or are we going to get like new Spielberg, which is like not making the best films to be honest with you. I think this is, I'm hoping that this is throwing stuff back into his wheelhouse and it's letting him go back to a little bit of his earlier filmmaking chops. Cool. Yeah. That, that trailer definitely blew me away. It's, it's such a good story. It's such, it's, and again, it's that, that, you know, one person versus the world kind of thing that I absolutely love. I love underdog stories. Yeah, yeah, the the chosen one kind of stories, or uh... well, no, because he's there's nothing in about him that makes him the chosen one. He's just oh, okay. he's just a, a guy, but he's a guy who just loves. He's he's a geek. He's he's a kid who loves all the stuff we love, and it just happens to be what this world um, values, and he seems to be very good at it. But it's not like he was. A, he's not mystically chosen, and you don't know ever if he's actually going to succeed cool cool well i yes i'm also looking forward to all the same you know things that all properties that are kind of a given at this point as you mentioned black panther you know coming up soon in february definitely infinity war obviously um one that might surprise you though that's on my list is aquaman (laughs) (laughs) i'm not going to tell you defend because i'm looking forward to it too but do you, do you have? Do you are are you looking for it because you just want more of the character, or are you looking for it because you're going to think that they're going to put out a really strong, good movie? Both. Okay. Both. Um, I like this version of the character. Um, not love. There's the potential for love there, mm-hmm. Joe, which mm-hmm. is really tragic. But I really like this take on the character so far. Um, I'm a huge fan of Jason Momoa. Um. And I'm a big fan of James Wan. Actually, you know, his films are not films that uh, I would maybe count as my favorite films ever, but he he makes good movies. You know, I really I really like Insidious. I'm a big fan of horror films. Okay, and I'm a big fan of smart horror films. It's what the, the shitty thing about saying you're a, you're a fan of horror films is that people think you just like crappy movies. Right. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's not the genre's fault that, you know, 95% of horror movies made are really bad. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a fan of those 5% of really good horror movies. And I think James Wan, if you can do good horror, I almost feel like you can do a lot of things. Yeah. You know, and we've seen Sam Raimi, We've seen um, uh, Carpenter. We've seen uh, you know th- these these horror filmmakers be successful in other genres. Definitely. Um, and I think James Wan is one of those people. I mean, you know, whatever you think of the the Fast and Furious films, which I'm not a, a fan of, you have to admit, like whatever they're doing for that fan base, they eat it up. Mm-hmm. Like they love that stuff. And he made one of those films. He made what Furious Seven, which a lot of fans of those films say that's the best one so far. Um, he's done the conjuring films, uh, and he, they, I mean, I just think DC did the right thing in reaching out to a filmmaker of his caliber to make this movie. And I think it, it connects to what I loved about, you know, we're talking about Logan and Thor earlier and about the voice of the filmmaker coming through. Mm-hmm. That is my hope for this film. Um, so yeah, so I'm actually, I'm really I mean, I wouldn't say I'm highly anticipating it, but I am definitely, you know, I, I'm 
Uh, I don't know. I'm starting to get nervous. <laughs> it's just something, you know, obviously we always hope these films do well. Uh, mm-hmm. But beyond that, I'm just really interested to see what this film looks like, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah. Aquaman's on, on the list for me. And, of course, Infinity War and Black Panther and Deadpool 2 is going to be cool, I think. I'm a big Josh Brolin fan, and I love that they're bringing Cable on. I just – I really hope that they do uh, – which, of course, they're prob- they're going to, but – just, you know, kind of lampooning the whole 90s era that Cable came out of. There's you know? got to be a pockets joke. There's got to be a... a yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, or a big gun joke or a, you know, shoulder pads joke. Yeah, yes, yeah. Exactly. Or all three. So that's going to be fun because that's, wow, that's going to take me right back to 14-year-old me. <laughs> you know, buying, going to the comic book shop, you know, every two weeks you know spending too much money on too many image comics mm-hmm. and l- literally literally the shop owner as i'm paying him for this and supporting his business looking at me and going really <laughs> really this is what you're gonna okay you know like... <laughs> so yeah that that's gonna be fun to check out that film i think well in that genre i'm I, i've got it on my list and i put it there because i I keep avoiding it, but we're, it's going to be such a big part of my year next year that I should just say I, I am looking forward to New Mutants because <laughs> I I need it to be over. <laughs> I need to know what it is. I need to I need to be able to wrap my head around it and go, okay, I either love this or I hate it or I'm okay with like I've got to be able to decide where this lands for me because I just. I need it to be done. <laughs> I need it to I be. Kind of need to watch this with you. I, I really, I think I'm going to, I just think I'm going to need the moral support. Right? <laughs> I, I think I'm going to need, I think I'm going to need somebody sitting there telling me that it's going to be okay. Or, you know, go, well, you know, it could have been worse. April 13th, man. All right. Let's, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yes. We're going to watch this one. Um, I'm wondering at this point. So if this is a good horror movie but it's not a good new mutants movie what is your reaction going to be well i think i i think i'll be able to to be okay with that because i did it with um i did it with world war z oh right okay like i could sit there and go okay this is this is a good movie but it's not world war z Right, and so I think the the hardest part about doing that for New Mutants is I'm going to be very disappointed. Like you're I'm not going to be just like jazz that like you get to see the Soul Sword. Mm, no, because because <laughs> that to me is not New Mutants. To me, New Mutants is the is the. I think that's what why I'm bouncing so hard off of this this. Um, trailer is that it is a it's the relationships between the kids and putting them in a horror setting i don't feel will let them build those relationships and so what i enjoyed the most out of the new mutants i don't see how that's going to be there for me when i watch this movie Hmm. um but i think i'll be able to say it was a good movie it wasn't a new mutants movie and I'm disappointed because that means I'm not going to get what I would hope for from a new mutants movie. Right. Right. All right. Well, I'll be there for you. <laughs> I, <appreciate it. laughs> I mean, I, I hope I'm wrong and I hope I come out of it going, Oh my God, this is my new favorite movie ever. And you're like, well, it's not that great. I don't care. Those are my new mutants. 
<laughs> like that's what I would hope, but I, I'm, right. I'm tempering my, I'm preparing myself for the heartbreak. Right. Well, I think that's it for me. Anything else for you? Um, I got to say that I'm looking forward to, even though there, there's obviously nothing near any kind of release date or anything yet, I'm looking forward to more information on this whole Marvel Fox merger thing where mm-hmm. they're, you know, gaining, um, the, the rights to the Fantastic Four and X-Men properties. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, I'm just excited to read more about what that is going to be eventually and, and how that's going to shake out. Yeah. Um, they move so quickly with Spider-Man that, you know, I can't imagine if, if you know, they do gain access to these characters that we're not going to be hearing some major announcements like really quickly. Yeah. Probably around Comic-Con. Probably. That would make sense. That would right? make sense. Because they obviously can't do anything for Infinity War. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that, you know, I, to me, it makes sense looking at the calendar that that would be the time to make these big announcements. So, so I'm just looking forward just to hearing more stuff about that. Um, and then last but not least, um, you talking about kind of, you know, sci-fi that is not connected to this huge, vast ongoing universe thing. Um, I'm really looking forward to a wrinkle in time, uh, which is coming out, uh, next year, um, directed by Ava DuVernay. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've been aware of this science fiction book property for a while now. I mean, it's really popular. I've never actually read the book, although I, I just bought it recently, um, because so many of my friends out of nowhere lost their collective shit when this trailer came out. <laughs> Which I was not expecting that reaction. Um, some of these people I didn't even know were into sci-fi, Joe. And just all of a sudden, what? A wrinkle in time? What? Like, they just lost it. And so stuff like that, seeing seeing people get really excited about something makes me really excited for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so that, that just got me hyped to like, it, it instantly put this movie on my radar. And then once I checked out the, the trailer looks amazing. I love it when new fantasy and sci-fi comes out and they're, they're not just falling back on the same visual, you know, kind of trademark things that we've seen already. Right. You know, I love it when they push it a little bit forward visually and just find new ways to present some of these same themes or whatnot. And that was right away what I saw in the trailer. Um, and I think that's just the benefit of having Ava DuVernay, you know, directing it. So that's a film that I'm looking forward to as well. Hopefully it does really well because I know there's more books in the series and, you know, hopefully it doesn't go the way of, um, God, what was that one, that Christian one with the polar bear? Oh, the, the golden compass. Yeah, they made a big deal out about that, and, or, or they made a big deal of that film coming out and you know hinting at all these stories, and then that was that was it. Yeah, like, they were one and done. So I really hope that's not the case with the Wrinkle in Time. The only thing I know about the Wrinkle in Time is that I did it as a book report in fourth grade, and it was such a slog for me at my reading level back then that <laughs> I, I I remember nothing about it. Wow, that's great. Fourth grade you saying hated it. Like I didn't like it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean like, and I, I mean I like I, I have the perspective enough of as a teacher going, all right, that was not the right book for me to read at that age. Reading it right. now I might enjoy it. But right. but like I'll I'll go watch the movie and see if I remember anything, but I really can't say I remember anything because I think it's one of those things that I had to kind of marathon to get through to write the book report. Yeah. And it yeah. was it was at an advanced reading level that I wasn't quite 
there yet. So I, it, it's not that I was like, oh my God, this is the worst book ever. It was just like, yeah. I, I don't get it and I'm bored. Well, I definitely did get a feeling from, uh, friends that I talked to that were excited about this, that this story was one of those like childhood stories that they connected to at that time and kind of carried with them, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. because I'm telling you, it's some people that are not in any way, you know, that I know that I knew of before sci-fi fans or fantasy fans or anything like that. Yeah. They were just kind of like normies. And then suddenly, you know, on the verge of tears that this trailer <laughs> came out. So, you know, that's something that I'm going to take note of and go, huh? Okay. I got to check this out. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that. Very cool. Very cool. Well, does that, I think that wraps us up for today, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so, man. It's so, I, I forget how long we've been talking sometimes and I look at the timer and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> well, and it's just, it's, I think, I think grasping that we're almost out of 2017 is a little, a little nuts for me right now. I haven't even started to grasp that yet, yeah. honestly. Yeah, that's crazy. This went by crazy fast. But lots of good stuff this year and a lot of stuff coming out next year that I think it's just going to be one thing after another that we're excited about. This is the time, man. This is the time to be a geek. Yeah. All right. Shout out, sir. What do you, what do you got for me this week? Um, this week I want to give a super cheesy shout out to the fans of this show, um, that, uh, just are, you know, listen every week and are super devoted. Um, I've seen you, you know, grow, uh, in terms of not just the scope of this show, cause you do so much, but now you're doing all kinds of other shows as well. And you're just, I don't know how you have time for all of it. Um, <laughs> I don't, but, <laughs> But it's really cool to see the fan base out there growing, you know, and every now and then you'll send me a, you know, a really cool message that makes my day. That's like, you know, Hey, you know, people are talking about this episode or, you know, you're, you're popular with this person. And that's just amazing. That's something that I never would have ever thought would be possible when I recorded the, this first episode with you. So, um, shout out to people that have, you know, that have either been here from day one or, that have, you know, come onto the show and look forward to these things that we do every now and then when you have me on, when I'm lucky enough to be on your show. So shout out to you. Awesome. 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 I've got a quick shout out to my secret Santa from school <laughs> because uh, Sandra Hernandez, who was my, uh, she, she got me in the secret Santa poll and she gave me a green arrow and a Hawkeye action figure and like went to Frankenson's, which is the local, like, regular swap yeah. meet for comic books and yeah. they were in like the plastic collector's bag. Like, like she went all out to get me these figures because, you know, she, she found out that I like archers and that I'm a big Hawkeye fan and I'm a big uh, arrow fan. And so, um, so thank you, Sandra, because I now have to find a way to display them. These are not going to school because at school I have uh, an entire windowsill full of toys and tchotchkes and stuff. But, um, <laughs> These are actually, much to my husband's chagrin, staying in the office. And I need to find a way to make them fight each other because <laughs> that, that will make my, my, my days happy. So, so thank you, thank you, thank you for that wonderful, wonderful gift. That's so cool. I'm sure you can find they, – they probably fought during the Amalgam series or something, the Marvel DC crossover. Oh, man, dude. Now I'm going to have to go. Do you realize what you just did? <laughs> Now I'm going to have to, because I know they did. I'm going to have to find yes. that book. I'm going to have to find that panel. I'm going to have to get that blown up and put on a poster. And then yeah. I'm gonna pose them in that position. And 
Uh, this will be probably this will be my 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 quest for 2018. <laughs> probably drawn by George Perez, so you know it's awesome. Yes. You know? <laughs> All right. All right. Good gift. Good job. Yeah. Very cool. Uh. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound is being used under Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geekitude is a proud member of the geek to geek network. Check out other geek to geek shows such as geek to geek podcast, video game news. Now geek fitness, health hacks and the comic box and make sure to join our Reddit community at Reddit forward slash R forward slash geek to geek cast. You can also contact anybody on the Geek2Geek podcast network and ask them to add you to the the group Slack. And we do talk about things on there. Like, for example, uh, Rob from the Comic Box uh, said that, honestly, it's been such an exhausting year. I feel like I have to look at a full list of pop culture things that have happened. And this was in reference to what, you know, what we talked about today. What are your favorite things about 2017. Uh, I need to get my list together for comics, but that's tough too, because I tend to go back and binge old events and stuff that might not be 2017 releases. I'd say Infinity War is probably what I'm looking forward to most in 2018. Not necessarily excitement because the hype is going to be so massive that there's no way it can live up to that. But just seeing everything come together and wondering how they'll make it work without it feeling way too overwhelming of a film. Also curious to see Deadpool 2 to and whatever the hell Disney does now that they took over the world. Yes, we're the same. We got you. I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> so just that's just a sample. This is what you get when you listen to the the Slack channel. You know, go go on and join the conversation. Uh, you can currently find us at geek2.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. Um, if you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic Grace. And Ray, where can we find you? I am at Ray Vargas three across most social media. So, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. If you do the slash Ray Vargas three, that's where you'll find me. And also on my website, rayvargas three.com. All right. Next week, we're going to be talking to Razorbug and Rob from the Geek Card Podcast, and we're going to be talking about our New Year's resolutions for 2018. So if you have a New Year's resolution, go ahead and send that to me, and I'll try and include it in the show. Ray, thanks again for for all the, the times you've visited with us in 2017, and I'm looking forward to hanging out with you more 2018. Yes, yes. Mark your calendar. We're going to do that. (laughs) That's going to be great. Thanks for having me again, as always. For all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek. The Red Legion took away our home. Dominus Gaul has stolen our light. But from the ashes, a fire team of guardians rise to... Guardian down. Wait, wait, wait. Who was that? Uh, Titan, no jump good. This is Happy Hour from the Tower. I'm T. I'm Nick. I'm Brandon. And we're going to talk about all things Destiny. Why we play. Why we love punching aliens in the face. And why T's aim needs a little bit of work. Have you got that? Say you've got it. See something. A podcast for players of all levels. Find Happy Hour from the Tower on iTunes, Stitcher, or at happyhourfromthetower.com. Eyes up, Guardian. Time to give up the ghost. It's Happy Hour from the Tower. First round's on us. 
Greetings from TG Geeks Webcast, where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, you name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on TGGeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. Cheers.